Hey, welcome back. I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you are listening to Wicked and Grim. Which is a true crime podcast. Should I do it? I'm waiting. Okay. I'm waiting. Oh, that felt good. There we go. We back. Huh, for the second time this week. Yeah, it's like Halloween week here. Almost, but it's it's um, Nicole was sick and we're redeeming ourselves. Yeah, week. we're uh, we're buying your love. <laughs> I don't wow. I don't even know what you'd say. Um, redeeming your love. Okay, this know. just became a monetary transaction, I guess. Anyway, I'm just drinking. I am double fisting, but I'm drinking tea and I'm drinking juice. I'm drinking trench beer. You are. And for those who aren't local, Trench is a local brewery, so it's not. I'm not drinking beer out of like a, a ditch on the side of the road. Oh or something. my gosh! It's it's Trench. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good it's stuff. Brewery. Yeah, it's good stuff. Delicious and not very nutritious, but it's delicious. So there we go. So anyway, people have been like really enjoying. I guess I should say yesterday's episode. Yeah. Um, From what we I can tell, it's a rough one. But it is rough. It's a survivor story. Which is and really awesome. It's incredible that she survived that. So yeah, oh. if you guys haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. Allison Botha. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Like it just, I don't know. makes me feel like I need to be tougher. Need to be tougher. Well, what are your thoughts after that one? The whole wrap up, the whole thought process on it. Like where's your head at from that episode? Well, I still don't feel like I fully process it. It's just like incredible that, I don't know, I guess. Human beings, they can be pretty strong sometimes. I think we sell ourselves short a lot. Oh, 100%. Right? We don't push ourselves. And look, when you do, what could happen? That's true. That's a very good way of looking at it. Um, well, she even said uh, that she felt she had an option and she chose her way. So. Yeah, which is amazing. So props again to Allison Botha. Uh, yeah. And props to you for sticking out with uh, another episode this week because you have been sick, but yeah. you're, you're going through like a trooper too. So, so good on you. A well, high five action not maybe? quite to that extent, but thank you. Well, not to that extent. No, <laughs> you're not nearly getting your head chopped off and walking t- to your survival, but you know, I know what I mean. Well, I'm hoping that I can like, okay, because silly me, you know, you think, oh man, you're like kind of sick. Oh, wow, Mika. Hello. I don't know if everyone heard her. She's like, shut up. She's in a whiny mood. So She's she always might, whiny. You might hear her a couple times. She's a little kind of getting older. But yeah. anyway. Um, and so instead of just picking like a short and sweet case, I just decided to pick a really long case. So we're going to see how my voice does here. Genius move. I know. I'm really smart. Well, just before this, you did take a shot of hot sauce. Okay. This is so funny because when I was super sick... I asked you to bring home cough candies, I think, right? Yep. And then you forgot them or something. Totally and, forgot. And then, even though you were at the store, but then... Um, well, because I picked up some grocery stuff, but then I forgot the cough candies. But yeah, I did which get is you your, fine. I got you your cold and flu medicine. Yeah, like you got other things. But then, you so you were like Googling how to help a cough and home hot remedies. sauce. Yeah. Like literally just like take a spoonful of hot sauce. Yeah, and it works. It actually does. It's really weird (laughs) (laughs) clears the sinuses right yeah yeah it like really does well one night we had a really spicy meal too and that like made me feel amazing yeah so so if you guys don't have cough candies or anything you're sick you need some home remedies action just take some hot sauce Mm -hmm. okay we're putting the, the whole spiciness aside let's talk sweet a little bit here for a minute um particularly candy mountain sweet because a lot of people got the reference, and uh, some are a little upset that you didn't. 
Yeah. (laughs) My apologies. How do you not know what Candy Mountain is? Do you you want to explain this? Well, no. The thing is, I have seen that. I'm just not interested in it. (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? How dare you? (laughs) Um. I don't know. You're more like the best way I can put it is you're like legally blonde. Okay, that is so insulting. <laughs> but it's true. No, I think I used <laughs> you had to, to. You hesitated. I used to be more like that, but I think I definitely like progressed here. Okay. Well, the whole pop culture type scene is not so much for you. Am I correct with that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for the majority of it, anyways. Um, you do have your your instances where you you enjoy it, like some Spider Man movies and John Wick. You fucking love John Wick, but um, early internet stuff, even just internet stuff like YouTube, is not pretty much your thing. Is no. that fair? No, no, I'm not really like on YouTube really. Yeah, I am a YouTube. You're like a YouTube fanatic. I uh, I am a I am a big old slut for the YouTube. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. We're all allowed to have our own interests. Oh, yo. for sure. For sure. Grace. However, Sue me here. However, it's been like 15 years since Candy Mountain. So? You should at least know the I've reference. seen it. It's just not interesting to me. <laughs> I'm probably going to get more emails here. Probably. <laughs> oh, we're allowed to have our own interests, okay? You are, but it's Candy Mountain. Well, no, I'm telling the people that. <laughs> yes, and, and I am speaking on behalf of them right now. You are allowed to have your own interests. But it's fucking Candy Mountain. Well, maybe someone should email us saying that they had no idea what Candy Mountain is either. All right. Let us know if you didn't <laughs> know what Candy Mountain was. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Are we, like, ready to roll here? I think we're ready to roll. My gosh. Because we could probably do a whole podcast on Candy Mountain, Candy I'm sure. Candy Charlie. We're going to Candy Mountain. Oh, God. Sorry. Impressions. Okay. Anyway, I think I said yesterday what the case was on. So we're doing the case of Lacey Peterson. Lacey Peterson. Lacey Peterson. And I'm assuming you know what that is, right? Um, I kind of blocked out like all the information because I kind of watched like three quarters of a documentary on it with you. When I was I, sick. But I knew you were covering the story. So I was not paying attention to details. Oh, okay. Because I kind of did want to be surprised on this a lot. So I was on my phone half the time. So no, I don't really know anything about well, it. prepare to be surprised. So it's a huge story. From 2002 and after doing some research on it i feel like the media actually did this case a real disservice which it does fair i guess i should say media and investigators but right from the get-go it seemed like an assumption was made and they had their guy case closed hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's just... From my research. And after doing this, my research, though, I can't say I'm fully convinced. Oh, okay. Okay. No, some stuff did just all of a sudden come back from the documentary. Mm-hmm. There was um, some shit in that documentary. Holy moly. I remember being absolutely upset over some of the details yep. in the court case. So, fuck yeah. Th- this one's bumpy. This one's bumpy. So, my belief from before researching is still very much so with me. But there does seem to be, I guess you could say, a lack of evidence. So if you don't know who Lacey Pearson is, 
she and her eight-month-old baby, the baby was still in her womb, were the victims of a highly publicized disappearance slash murder case. Her husband, Scott Peterson, being the number one suspect. Of course, the husband. It's always, it's like they're fucking subject number one always. Yeah. Well, I mean, or like it's just the spouse or a loved one. It's well, it's so fucked up actually. That's what I meant. Like the spouse was always the, the yeah. number one suspect. Um, but I mean, it, like, of course, it makes sense. They're the ones who are the closest. They're the ones who's going to be the, the mortal enemy per se. And uh, I mean, they, they say that the statistic just rises as uh, as you get married. That they're the ones who are most likely to uh, be the ones to murder you. I know. I just hate that, though. I just think that's just awful. Well, if you take anything away from that, it's um, don't piss me off, and I won't piss you off. Mutual. I think that you should be more scared of me. Hey, I'm the one who just made a <laughs> sticker about uh, uh, true crime podcasters that you know we know how to hide a body, right? Yeah, we do. We yeah, I was gonna say we have experience. We do not have experience. Wow, way to just give us away. <laughs> we have knowledge. I don't even know. I'm not, I'm just I'm I'm, dig- I'm digging myself in a hole. We've there done you our go. research. There you go. Um so anyway, listen carefully. We're gonna go through like a ton of information, like a lot. Okay. And I just I'm gonna be interested to hear like your thoughts, the listeners' thoughts on what you think went down. Okay. Ton of okay. information. You want our thoughts? Thinking cap is on. Buckle up, because yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a ride here. Yeah. Okay. Buckled up. Okay. So at the time of Lacey's disappearance, she was twenty seven years old. Like that's freaking young. That is young. Yes. That's young. I mean, and God, little Connor. Ah. He's even younger. Yep. Didn't even get a life early. So. Oh, he didn't. So Lacey and Scott would meet in 1994 with Lacey making the first move by giving Scott her phone number. Okay. okay. She would later tell her mom that she had met the man she was going to marry. Wow. Going for it. You go, girl. Sometimes you just know. Making that first move and just going all in. Yeah. As the relationship grew more serious, Scott, who entertained the dream of being a pro golfer, put those hopes aside to focus on a path in business. The couple dated for two years before moving in together and got married on August 9th, 1997. Okay, okay. Once they had both completed their post-secondary education, the Petersons opened a sports bar where they lived, where they were living, sorry, in San San Luis Obispo. I'm Obispo. I'm just going to go there. There you go. Nailed it. And called it The Shack. The Shack? The Shack. Wait, is that uh, is that in reference to like the Caddyshack? I don't know what that is. You don't You don't even know what it is. Of course you don't. <sighs> um, pop culture, it's a movie. Caddyshack. Um, I don't think I've seen that. No, it's all revolving around golf. And since he was like, I want to be pro golfer, uh, I, I'm going to assume that it's a Caddyshack reference. Could be. I did movie. not... Um, I didn't research that and it didn't come up in my research, but you never know. We're going to have yeah, to research he was, that. He was or watch it. super into golfing. So Yeah, we got to watch it. Uh, they eventually put the business up for sale when they moved to Lacey's hometown, Modesto, California, as they wanted to start a family. They purchased a three-bedroom, two-bath bungalow house in a more upscale neighborhood of Modesto in October of 2000. Lacey took a part-time job as a substitute teacher and Scott worked as a fertilizer salesman, earning himself 
a decent monthly salary. Wow. Just selling shit, hey? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> See what I did there? That's actually good. That's real good. Thank you. Thank you. So Lacey wanted to be the perfect housewife. Um, good on her. I would say I am the opposite of that, but that is okay hey, to hey, each their own. There's nothing wrong. You do good. There was dinner waiting for me at home and everything when I got home from work. Yeah, but I just I just know that I'm I'm just never going to be Martha Stewart. I'm just not there. Well, nobody can be Martha Stewart. <laughs> so she enjoyed cooking and entertaining. In 2002, Scott and Lacey got to share the news that they were expecting their first child. Oh, awesome. A son that they planned to name Connor. Okay. With okay. Lacey's due date being February 10th, 2003. But Lacey would never see her due date. Yeah. Instead, her body was found washed ashore in the San Francisco Bay on April 14th, 2003, with Connor's body being found the day prior. That's ah, just mortifying. That God. is super, super rough. So what happened? What happened indeed? Well, let's hear it. What happened? It was Christmas 2002 when shit would go south. On December 23rd, Scott and Lacey were at the salon visiting Amy, Lacey's sister, as she was cutting Scott's hair. That was like a monthly ritual. Okay. Okay. Got to get the do. Yeah. You need haircuts, you know, a little more often. Yeah. I bear, I go like twice a year. It's it's a, it's a problem. I I am def- definitely increasing my my haircutting ness because well, I, I used to just always wear hats, always wear a hard hat at work. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm like working in a bit more of an office setting, I gotta I gotta look pretty every day. You gotta know? tame your do. Yeah, gotta tame that do. Style <laughs> it. You know. So as they were chatting about the upcoming holiday. Amy mentioned she had ordered a fruit basket for her grandfather that needed to be picked up the following day. Scott planned to be in that area playing golf, so he offered to pick it up for Amy. I would say that Scott had a good relationship with Lacey's family. Okay, okay, right on. That evening, Lacey would have a phone conversation with her mother, again, probably making any final arrangements as you do at Christmas. All was normal that evening, and that allegedly carried over to the following morning, Christmas Eve. Lacey got up earlier than Scott, had breakfast, and Scott. And while Scott was showering and getting ready for the day, Lacey was doing a bit of online shopping. Ooh. You're not supposed to do online shopping so close to Christmas, you know. What if it was last-minute gifts, <laughs> you know? Uh, so she was on the computer looking at a red scarf from the Gap and a sunflower umbrella. Lacey had a busy day ahead of her. Scott said around the time he was leaving, Lacey was watching Martha Stewart, preparing to mop the floor. She had to go to the store to pick up bread, make gingerbread, and walk the family dog. A recipe she had intended to use was sitting on the kitchen counter. Wait, so she, she was Martha Stewart is what you're saying? Basically, yeah. that sounds like a Martha Stewart. Day. She wasn't watching Martha Stewart. If she was watching Mar- Martha Stewart, she would have just been looking in a mirror at that point. <laughs> she's got it all going. Like she's eight months pregnant. She's cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, and fucking probably painting the house while she's at it. Like, geez. I know that sounds like that sounds like a lot. I am not eight months pregnant, and that sounds like an exhausting day to me. Generally, after a big meal, I feel like I'm eight months pregnant, and I'm just like. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. So basically, like like you had mentioned, it was quite the day. It was quite the day that she had oh, yeah. planned. 
And this is where the first suspicion arises. Friends of Lacey, Lacey's would later testify that Lacey's pregnancy had forced her to stop exercising. Every time she would start to do something, she would have to stop and rest. It was said because of this, she needed to stop walking the dog weeks prior at her doctor's urging. Okay. Just a little tidbit. I'm throwing little tidbits in there every once in a while. Gotcha. Gotcha. And don't you worry, though. We'll be coming back to that. Okay. So after Scott left, between 9.30 and 10.30, he drove to his nearby warehouse to send a couple work emails and retrieve his new boat as he decided to no longer go golfing, but to instead go fishing. Apparently, it was a little bit cold to go golfing. But I feel like if it's cold to go golfing, though, it was cold to go fishing. It would be more cold to go fishing out on the water. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. He traveled to the Berkeley Marina where he launched his boat and planned to fish for sturgeon in somewhat shallow waters. In stur- for sturgeon, hey? For sturgeon, apparently. Oh, dang. Yeah. That's a big-ass fish. I know. I'm. Uh, people already know <laughs> my fear of <laughs> that kind of shit. If you guys don't know what a sturgeon is, uh, Google it. They fucking huge. They can be ginormous. Uh, freshwater fish, like in rivers. We have them around us. Yeah, like, we do. Go fishing for sturgeon like three kilometers away. Um, but anyways, they like hundreds of pounds. We're talking like 300 fucking pound fish. And I'm assuming like, are they good eating? Can you eat that? Uh, they're highly illegal to. to. Uh, oh, you don't kill it. It's just no. a sport. Yes. Oh, here I'm just thinking, what's the point unless you're going to eat it? No, I, I don't <laughs> know if they're still endangered, but they were like an endangered species. They're a protected species. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting to me because I, yeah, I just feel like if you're going to try to catch one of them, it'd be like to eat, but yeah. sport fishing, you know? Yeah. Well, if you're going to reel in a couple hundred pound fish, that's worth sport. Yeah. Like, you know? No, it makes as sense. As long as you don't harm the animal, which generally you go with guides and stuff. Yeah. You do pretty good. You don't harm the animal and they let them go. Yeah. Okay. So now some interesting things in regards to the boat. I mentioned it was, it was a newer, it was a new boat. It was like new to them. I'm pretty sure it was purchased used. It was nice, but it wasn't anything fancy. It was a fishing boat, a 14-foot aluminum boat. Okay. Not enclosed. Anyone could see what the interior might contain. So you get a little bit of a picture of what this boat looked like. Gotcha. Some reports say Lacey didn't know about the boat because she hadn't shared the news with her family that they purchased it, and that would have been something she would have shared. But then some say she was at the warehouse days prior and so would have clearly known about the boat. Okay. After he wrapped up fishing for the day and was en route to drop off the boat and head home, Scott phoned and left Lacey a voicemail. I have a clip of this voicemail to play. It's not like overly important or anything, but I think it's interesting to hear in regards to what he'll later be accused of. Sounds good. Let's hear it. Hey, beautiful. I just left a message at home. Uh, 2.15. I live in Berkeley. I won't be able to get to the Villa Farms to get that basket for Papa. I was hoping you would get this message and uh, go on out there. I'll see you in a bit, sweetie. Love you. Bye. End of message. So there you have it. I feel like that seems like a pretty normal voicemail that a husband would leave their wife. Yeah, it does. I mean, he's buttering her up a little bit. He called her, what, beautiful, sweetie, and said, I love you. So, which, okay, if you left me voicemail, it'd be like, hey, babe. And then you would definitely probably say love you, too. Well, I yeah, I'm most likely thinking, okay, he just left his eight month pregnant wife at home (laughs) 
to cook and clean and take care of pretty much everything on Christmas Eve while I fuck off and go fishing. I'd be buttering you up too. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that you say that because literally I was like, if anything of the day seems suspicious, it's why Scott gets to go fishing <laughs> and Lacey's at home tackling this long like Christmas to-do list. Yeah. Like, what the heck here? No kidding. But we have no idea what kind of arrangement they had home in regards to how they split work. And then knowing that Lacey liked, um, you know, housewife tasks, I suppose you could call them. Maybe she wanted to do them and didn't yeah. need his help or something, right? Everyone's relationship dynamic is different, right? Absolutely. As long as you put in that effort, effort you make it work. Like, And that that's important. But uh, yeah, he, he doesn't seem like any sort of douche canoe to me. Unless he's like making his pregnant wife do this shit and he's just a dick and he's like, fuck you, I'm going fishing. Dick move. But if that's not the case, then yeah. I know his voicemail makes him sound like so nice, but he is he is a douche canoe. I'll at least say that much. All right. All right. We don't like this guy. Fuck you, Scott. You're a douche canoe. <laughs> okay. So back to the Peterson home. Things were unfortunately not going so well. We do know that Lacey somewhat stuck to her plan because there was a malt bucket outside and she had been reported by many eyewitnesses as out walking her dog. So the first noteworthy timestamp was the Peterson's neighbor at 1018 who found Mackenzie, their dog, out in the yard, in the front yard with a leash on. She returned the, the dog to the backyard, not really thinking much of it. Then there were numerous sightings of Lacey walking Mackenzie from about 10.45 to like 11.30, along a route that does make sense, a route she would take. Okay. And we're talking like 20 plus eyewitness reports seeing her. Oh, wow. Okay. Like Lots it of wasn't just like one or two. She's clearly not following doctor's orders though. Yeah, I guess not. So the mailman also delivered mail to the Peterson's home bet between this time. And he recalls that the gate was open and that Mackenzie wasn't there to bark at him. And Mackenzie was the type of dog that if if home would have been barking at the mailman. Gotcha. And if, if TikTok or Instagram has taught me anything, it's that mailmen know the dogs in their route too. Oh, oh, they, uh, yeah. And that's like literally in this documentary that I watched that was said, like, yeah. you know, what dog's going to bark at you and, you know, where to watch your back maybe. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen like clips and reels and stuff of like, these mailmen and mailwomen and male persons um, going around in their roots. And that's like, they know the dog's names and like all this. And they're like, they know the, the new dogs or anything. They, they, they just, they know, they and know. I've it's seen, their job. Well, I've seen ones too, where they have like um, cookies or whatever yeah, for the dogs. And the dogs just like sit there waiting. They know when the mailman or mailwoman or person, like you said, is coming and they're just like waiting for that cookie. Yeah. Like dogs are just like pure. Oh my gosh. Uh, the angels. Yeah, they are. Okay, where was I here? So at this time, so the mailman came. There was no barking from Mackenzie. But this is also the time that Lacey was being witnesses out on her walk. So that makes sense. But none of the sightings of her walking the dog would be later heard in court. Oh? Yeah. Le fuck? Yeah. Next noteworthy timestamp was the witness of a burglary across the street from the Petersons. That family 
where the burglar was taking place, left for vacation around 10.30 that morning. At about 10.40, a neighbor drove by witnessing, as she described it, three short, dark, darker-skinned, suspicious people at a van, stopping what they were doing as she drove by to watch her. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, well, I just solved the case. They're the ones who did this. Find them, you find her. Period. That's interesting that you say that. Detective Ben has solved the case. <laughs> case closed. Um, okay, so this was taking place right around when Lacey would have been returning home from her walk with Mackenzie. Yep. Saw if, that coming. In fact, that's what she was doing that morning. We'll talk more about this oh, burglary near the end. Okay. If in fact, okay, you, you threw a wrench in my plan. Well, I mean, some people say that there's no way she was out walking. Okay. Okay. Because I mean, doctor's orders. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to. Okay. Okay. Keep so, going. Keep right? going. You got my attention. So when Scott finally returned home, he said he returned home to an empty house. Their dog was in the backyard, still with the leash on. And Lacey's vehicle was in the driveway, but he didn't think much of any of this and just thought maybe Lacey had been picked up by her mom and was over at their house. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. He showered. He washed his clothes, which he got a lot of flack for as well. But he said that he basically just got them wet fishing and like he smelled from fishing. Right. So he, yeah. he put his clothes in the wash. Checks out. It wasn't until about 5.15 that Scott phoned over to his in-laws to see if Lacey was there. He did this after he came across the message he left for Lacey on the machine and also one from Ron as well, who Ron is Lacey's stepfather. Okay. And he was phoning basically to ask them to bring something to the house like later that day. But Scott thought that's where Lacey was, right? Yeah. So he phoned there. She obviously wasn't there. And about a half an hour later, Ron would call the police to report Lacey as missing. Wow, that's that's pretty quick. They were on that. Yeah. Well, they went. I don't even have this in there, but like they went around searching for her. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Scott had taken Mackenzie for a walk, like looking for her and stuff. But and they were making phone calls and stuff. But I think I think it would be pretty clear if someone was miss like you find out pretty quickly yeah I feel that's like. fair i mean if someone is if like if i think that if you're missing for example okay the things i would check for to see if you have left on your own will or whatever um purse keys phone car that sort of thing um yeah so and you'd probably like Phone a couple people, you know, I hang out with on a regular basis or something. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. I think they're also like even phoning hospitals and stuff. Oh, but shit. They, they were fucking on that. Good they were them. on it. So and from there, the story would at attract nationwide media attention. Oh, really? It's not always clear why one story will get more attention than another. But, but from what I read, there isn't generally a lot to report on over the holidays. Like. News-wise, I think it's a little bit quieter. Yeah. And it was around the time that news outlets were starting doing their 24-hour news coverage. The Petersons also came across as an all-around American family, good-looking. Lacey was the girl-next-door type. Mm -hmm. Relatability seems to be a big thing. Um, 
if you look at like social media, things that go viral, it's usually something really cool, right? Yeah. Um, or it's really educational or it's really relatable. Yeah. And in the case of true crime, it's not going to be something that's really cool or really entertain or educational. It's going to be really relatable. Mm -hmm. So probably like, oh, can you imagine that happened on Christmas to our family? That's very true. That's probably what really made people like attached to it. Yeah. So from there on, the street was riddled with reporters, which is something else to also note. Oh, noted. Noted. Note that. Noted. <laughs> Meanwhile, Modessa police detectives, John Bruler and Alan Bocinci, reported, responded to the call. Bocinci? Bocinci. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to Wicked and wow. Grand, the BDSM podcast. Fucking, I don't even know. Whatever. Friggin' Alan and John. <laughs> the Bukake. Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm moving Good on from Lord. that name. Good Lord. Okay. Holy shit. Okay, so when they arrived at the Peterson home, they found Lacey's keys, wallet, and sunglasses still to be in her, in her purse in the closet. Oh, shit. Which is kind of like, fuck. Yeah. Right? Because even if she was going to her parents or her mom and stepfathers, like, she would have that with her. Oh, yeah. And if she was going for, like, a, say she's going to stretch her legs for a walk or something, even against doctor's orders, she's probably going to go for the to the store or something to grab something for dinner. She's not going to just go for a stroll. There's going to be a purpose behind it, right? So she would take her wallet. She would take her keys or something. Yeah. She'd be on a mission that day, not just a Well, the keys, yeah, you think the keys, even if you're going for a walk to like lock your door or whatever, right? Yeah. So there were many things that seemed to question Scott's innocence, according to investigators. But one of them was his reaction to his wife missing you think most people in that situation would be freaking the fuck out just a bit, right? I'm, I'm, yeah, probably. But throughout the whole process, really, Scott remained quite calm, which came across as suspicious to investigators. It was described, so this is one of, one of the detectives, it was described as a strange combination of polite and arrogant disaffectedly distant and impatiently irritable. He just didn't seem like a man who was crushed or even greatly disturbed by his wife's disappearance and possible death. He said, I suspected Scott when I first met him. Didn't mean he did it, but I was a little bit thrown off by his calm, cool demeanor and his lack of questioning. He wasn't, will you be calling me back? Can I have one of your cards? What are you guys doing now? I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, sure, he wasn't all upset. He wasn't questioning. He wasn't frantic. But people deal with shit differently. Oh, yeah. Um, the way you said it, he was distant. Um, there was another word you used. Distant. Um, uh, what, was what did it? I say? was one of the two the, the two latter words that you said but it almost sounded like he was in shock to me cool demeanor calm lack of questioning was a little bit oh i don't even know what i even said here <laughs> but either way it's it sounds like he's in shock to me he sounds like he's just like he doesn't know what to do he yeah. can't process this irritable that was the other one you oh, said oh yeah yeah um so irritable and distant that sounds like someone who's just like <sighs> 
doesn't know what to do and just like panic almost and just like shut down. I know. I feel like you just sometimes can't judge people for situations they're in. And like, because sometimes, I don't know, like just, I like this is kind of a morbid situation here, but like I was at like a loved one's funeral one time and it's like I barely literally remember anything at that. And people would probably think that I like looked happy or whatever but you're literally like just putting on a show yeah like you're freaking the fuck out inside but like you're just like making it so that everyone thinks it's okay yeah fair enough i don't know that does happen yeah i know for me it's like when i don't know what to do or what how to react or anything i kind of shut down i'm probably going to be distant and irritable yeah oh and just trying to like process and figure out your head i don't know but I mean, it sucks. Like he was, he was judged. He was judged for that. So now, once the police found out Scott was fishing at the Berkeley Marina earlier that day, that's sus as fuck. That area was on high alert for them, and at one point, it was searched. Yeah. Also, a request was put out through um, through the media for any eyewitnesses of Scott in the area to come forward. Yeah. Which essentially gave away his motherfucker alibi yep. to the public. Yeah. See that this is the one part I do remember. So sorry if I gave something away there by saying that's us. But um but yeah, so Yeah. Keep going. Um Okay, where was I here? So they had basically believed that Scott killed Lacey and was at their marina dumping her body. Yeah. They knew Scott was at the office as the emails he sent were documented and timestamped. He had a receipt from the marina and there were eyewitnesses, but Scott's behavior there wasn't suspicious. I mean, it was like the middle of the day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He was on a small fishing boat. And I think you'd be very safe to say if he had anything suspicious on the boat with him, it would probably have been noticed. Well, and you said it was what, a, a 12 or 14 foot aluminum boat? Yeah, 14 foot. Yeah, you, you see in those things like no problem. Like I've got a 12 and a half foot aluminum sitting over there. We can turn it over. We can sit inside of it and you'll be able to like everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. My only thought there is like, say if, if, cause I just want to play all sides here. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, Fuck. We we do know, according to some people, what happened. But anyway, if, like, you had done something bad in the middle of the night, my only thought is maybe he was going back to the scene to just, like, make sure that he had hidden everything. Oh, yeah, maybe. Right? Because, like, I I don't think that during the day and stuff you would go, like, dump a body. But maybe you were coming back in the day just to, like, retrace your steps. Yeah, because they do often say that the criminal returns to the scene of the crime. So, no, you got, you got a point. So, I mean, that would be my my only thought. Well, okay. 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 So, but with police giving away Scott's alibi, say he didn't do this. Whoever did, 
now knew what to do with Lacey's body if they wanted it to look like Scott did it, who Scott was at that time the number one suspect. Pass the buck, yeah. Oh, which is just freaking terrifying. Holy shit. Some reports also say Lacey and the baby weren't killed on the 24th, but later. So imagine she was being held somewhere, but the police were like too fixated on Scott to open their eyes to other possibilities. (laughs) And like that just haunts me. Yeah, no kidding. See, you said that that uh, he's kind of a douche canoe and we don't like Scott. So far, I'm not presented with anything that makes me think he is a douche canoe and that I don't like him. Well, Except just, taking your word for it. Just wait. Just wait. There is there. It's actually coming up here. It's coming right up here. All right. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear what douche Scott McGee asshole guy did. Did. Okay. So something else I should mention is in the beginning, Lacey's family really su- supported Scott. Well, that's good. Like they, they had his back. Okay. They defended him and portrayed him and Lacey as the ideal couple. It wasn't until Amber Fry showed up that they turned on Scott. Who the fuck's Amber Fry? Amber Fry was Scott's girlfriend. Oh, shit. Scott, you got caught. Like that. Ah. Uh, what a dick. That's bad. What a dick. So they met on November 20th with Scott. So like they hadn't been together long. Like that's no, that's only like a few weeks, right? Yeah. With Scott telling Amber that he was, you know, a single dude. Apparently, this hadn't been Scott's first affair either. So that doesn't make him, it makes him like an absolute piece of shit for sure. But it does not necessarily just like make him a killer. No, it doesn't. Amber had approached the police about Scott once she realized who he was. All along, Scott had denied to detectives that he was having an affair. She told detectives, um, oh, I wrote that fucking sentence wrong. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Oh, she told detectives, Scott told her on December 9th that he was married. Oh, okay. This is bad. This is bad. But said he lost his wife and this would be the first holiday without her. Wait, what? Like, huh? Considering what ends up happening, that's quite a thing to say. So he told this chick, oh, my wife just died and this is my first Christmas without her. And then his wife happens to fucking go missing. Yeah. So he said that like a a week and a bit before that happened. Wow. This dude should write fortune cookies. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) What? Oh my God. And so apparently what had happened, though, is one of Amber's friends found out Scott was married. And so Scott had to come up fairly quickly with some sort of lie. Okay. And that's what the fuck he came up with. Ah. So what happened next is quite interesting. Amber started working with the police and secretly recording her phone conversations with Scott. Shit. The hope was that they could get him to confess okay okay scott had told amber that he'd be traveling for the holidays so one particular conversation he pretended to be in paris while talking to amber but in reality he was actually attending his wife's 
New Year's Eve candlelight vigil in Modesto. Lay fuck. Yeah. So he's on the fucking phone with his mistress while he's at his wife's fucking fucking funeral. So it's just like it's shit like that that just like fucks with people here, right? Scott is a fucking douchebag. I don't know if he's a murderer, but he's a fucking douchebag. Like, that's disgusting. And something I didn't even put in here is because, um, like, media was just all over this. They were, like, all over this. And so they also would take photos and stuff of Scott and, of course, like, pick just the worst possible one. So, like, he is at this candlelight vigil thing and, um... There's a photo of him like smiling or laughing. Yeah. And of course that goes on like the co- the cover of all these like tabloid magazines, right? Of course. Yeah. But in reality someone said that he was just like sharing a s- sweet moment with his niece who was there. Yeah. Like or- I mean what is he supposed to do stand to the side the whole time and just like frown? Like yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess technically. But he's also there and like, you know, these people are trying to help find his wife and but I mean, that's what that's what media does. They look for that that split moment where they can make a buck off something. It's mm-hmm. oh, he smiled when he should be sad. This will go great, oh, you know. I actually hate that. Yeah, scummy as fuck. So there had been quite an extensive search for Lacey. A search was done along Dry Creek, an area Lacey would have been walking the dog. The search included helicopters. K-9 units, water rescue units, along with numerous officers, Lacey's loved ones, and volunteers also took part in the search. Extensive. Yeah, like they they did a lot. Flyers were posted. Press conferences were held. An initial reward of $25,000 was offered. That was later increased to $250,000 and $500,000 for information leading to Lacey's safe return. Wow. It was reported that in the hundreds were searching for Lacey. And considering the story had such significant media coverage, like I'm sure it was even more than that. Oh, most likely. Wow. That's uh, that's awesome for them for actually getting that kind of community involvement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until April 13th, and I've mentioned this date, that a couple out walking their dog came across a decomposing but apparently well-preserved body of a male fetus in a marshy area of the San Francisco shore in Richmond's oh. Point Isabel Regional Shoreline Park, which is a mouthful, which is north of Berkeley. The baby's umbilical cord was still attached, appear- appearing to have been torn. And two very interesting things in regards to this baby, who was later identified to be Connor. Connor had twine knotted around his neck. Oh, shit. And his ear was pinned down with tape. With tape? So it was like folded and pinned with tape. What the fuck? Which could indicate that he was potentially handled outside of Lacey's body. I think that most likely would indicate that. I know. It was always said potentially, but I mean, like, the fact that he had, I don't know, we're going to go into this a bit more here, but, like, this is, it doesn't make any sense. I can understand it's not with certainty, but I could say it's with utmost, well, it's it's almost certain that it's an indication of that. Well, 
and what I was gonna I was gonna say this a little bit later, but I'll say it now. It doesn't make sense though that Connor's body was like in better shape then. Right? Because the idea that maybe it was in better shape because it was actually in Lacey's body and then like came out later. Okay, yeah. Right? Which makes sense that it would be in better shape, but then it how would it have gotten like tape on its ear in the water? Yeah, it's you not, know? it's not gonna get tape. Tape doesn't just adhere and then pin something down on its own. I know. Especially without water. We've all had like a little ball of tape or something get stuck in our hand. Yeah, it gets stuck on you, but it doesn't pin shit down. <laughs> it's not to be, it's not going to be like, oh, I went to bed or sleep last night in my bed after wrapping Christmas presents and I woke up, my eyes were taped shut. I don't know how that happened. It's like, what? Yeah. Like it's super weird evidence. Like that's fucking weird. That, that's. I, the twine I could see like getting tangled oh, yeah. up or whatever. I could see that, but not the tape. Not the tape. Not the tape. The tape don't make sense. Lacey's body would be found the following day, about one mile away from where Connor was found. The corpse was wearing beige pants, a maternity bra, but was in really rough shape. Lacey's body was decapitated and her limbs were missing. So it was basically just her torso that was found. Wow. Yeah. Following the discovery of the bodies, Scott would be arrested on April 18th, 2003. He was in, he was at a golf course in San Diego. And how far off was, uh, the, were the bodies found from where he went fishing? Um, I don't, we, I kind of touch a little bit on that later in like the court, but it was in like, kind of the general area gotcha I'll, I'll mention something about it here in a bit so he was meeting his father and brother to play golf when he got arrested he had his hair dyed blonde and his car was overstuffed with many items the police would find suspicious including thousands of dollars in cash survival and camping gear four cell phones, his brother's driver's license, and Viagra tablets. Oh, that I didn't expect that one, but all right. Oh. Nothing wrong with it. It just caught me off guard. I know. <laughs> like that that's an yeah. It was explained to the police that Scott used his brother's license the day prior to get a San Diego resident discount at the golf course and that he'd be live he's been living out of his car trying to avoid the media. That makes sense. He should have tried to go for a seniors discount with that Viagra. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. Um I also think though like avoiding the media could also explain his dyed hair as well, right? Like Yeah. He was just trying not to be recognized and like he was having a tough time with the media. The media really like oh. Oh, I I could definitely see that, but there are definitely um I mean, you can explain all the items, say, per se, but... Um, <laughs> can you, Ben? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, if if someone are is able to explain them all, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Okay. If you can say, well, I have this for this, <clears throat> I have this for this, I have this for this, but the fact that they're all there together is quite coincidental. Yeah, it doesn't really paint the best picture for Scott. No. So it's... um pretty damning yeah i mean there's a lot of shit that this guy did that just like if he didn't do this it's kind of like odd oh yeah so 
the police suspected that Scott planned to flee to Mexico with the border being close to San Diego. That's what they they thought, which, I mean, look what the fuck was in his car. Was he actually on the golf course when he was arrested? No, he was like, he was driving there, like right about there. I was going to say, if he was going to run to Mexico, he would have not had played one last round of golf. He would have been caught on the road. But if he was (laughs) caught on the road, then okay, yeah. But like, I don't think that he was actively fleeing at that point either, though. Fair. Like he was on the route way to go play golf. Gotcha. So on April 21st, uh, 2003, Scott was charged with the first degree murder of Lacey and second degree murder of Connor. He pleaded not guilty and was held without bail. Scott was represented by Mark Girigas, who had done other high profile criminal defense work. The trial took place in Redwood City, just over two hours from Modesto. Some believe the trial should have taken place much further away to give Scott a chance to have an unbiased trial. The trial began on June 1st, 2004. The lead prosecutor was Rick Diasto. There's many things to note from the trial. First off, Scott's defense lawyers based their case on the lack of direct evidence and played down the significance of circumstantial evidence. Oh, interesting. The only for, because the only forensic evidence identified was one hair that matched through DNA to be Lacey's and was found stuck to pliers on Scott's boat. That but, was really the only like direct evidence. Everything else was pretty much circumstantial. I mean, that can be circumstantial too. I mean, they, they live together. I don't know I mean, how many times I'm at work and I pull like your hair out of my butt crack. I was just going to say like, yeah, you you told me you pulled my hair out of your ass. So it's like. Not out of my ass. It's not like in there, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know, like with long hair, it just like gets places. Yeah. It gets places. Hair in general gets places. Look at my beard hair. You, you find my beard oh, hair man. all over. Mm-hmm. The best place to put a beard hair is on the urinals. Just saying. Oh, God, that's disgusting. <laughs> really long. It's disgusting. Okay, so prosecutors claimed Scott made cement anchors to weigh Lacey's body down. However, none were found when the bay was searched. Even though sonar could locate small objects on the sea floor. Because of the way Lacey's body was found, it was believed her limbs were weighed down with anchors, which makes sense. Scott had cement in his warehouse that he used to make himself one single single anchor, but prosecutors believed marks on the floor indicated he made more than one anchor. Marks on the floor? Marks on the floor. Okay. It was tested by the defense how likely it would be that a person could dump a body Lacey's size from a boat like Scott's with the weight of the anchors attached. And it seemed to be impossible without having the boat capsize. So they tested this. They had this, a video because the judge deemed the test to not be similar enough to what the prosecution presented had occurred. The tape of this wasn't able to be introduced. Oh shit. So I'm just like going through just some random weird things about the the case, the court. Really. Fair enough. Fair enough. Prosecutors also presented as evidence during the trial, how Scott had changed his appearance 
and purchased a vehicle using his mother's name in order to avoid recognition by the press. And how he had added two porn channels to his cable service only days after Lacey's disappearance. They believe this meant he knew his wife wouldn't be returning home. What? Yeah. I'm that sorry. That actually like came the fuck up. That's absolute malarkey. Which I I think is like... People watch porn. I yeah, mean, and that, I mean, the amount of porn that's consumed, like, it's not just single people that are consuming it. No, definitely not. <laughs> there are plenty of people in relationships who consensually watch porn with and without the other individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's um, the other person does or doesn't know it, it's completely irrelevant. People do it. Yeah. Yeah. And But they, I mean, that brought up just to, like, paint him being this... <sighs> probably like sexual obsessed person really right um i can't remember what the study was but i read this um article quite a few years ago about some study someone tried to do on a college campus about uh guys and uh something to do with like uh why they didn't watch porn some poll they were taking however they could not find a single male (laughs) who did not watch porn Wow. So that what, is, right there, what does that tell you? Eh? Exactly. Yeah. People watch porn. Yep. A hydrologist was also brought into the courtroom by the prosecution as an expert witness on tides of the San Francisco Bay. A big piece for them was that Scott was fishing in the area Lacey was found. But during cross-examination... It was admitted by the hydrologist that his findings were probable, not precise. That tidal systems are sufficiently chaotic and he was unable to develop an exact model of the body's disposal and travel. So his information is null. Yeah, but they still have, like, the prosecution still had him in there. What the fuck? Which is, it's just like, everything is just so, wow. This seems like one of those cases where they are, um, they're trying to make the evidence fit. Mm-hmm. They're oh. not trying to follow the evidence. They they have evidence and they're making it fit their perception mm-hmm. of what happened. Well, and I, I didn't put this in the end, but remember how I said all those sightings Mm -hmm. of her walking didn't make it to court. It's because they didn't fit. The police barely even went and investigated those, like talk to the people. Really? Like it was just like, that doesn't fit into this timeline. Like, no, which is beyond nuts. Cause there was a lot of them. That is so fucked. You are going to be talking about that, that break and enter the burglary. Oh yeah. Okay. That's kind of, Oh, that's coming. Okay, we're almost done here. So obviously the affair Scott had come up and the contents of the secretly recorded phone calls also came up, which was evidence to go against Scott's character and use as like a potential motive. The prosecution presented Scott's affair, his desire to be single again, financial problems and impending fatherhood as motives for the murder. In the end... The jury convicted Scott of two counts of murder, first-degree murder for killing Lacey, and second-degree murder for killing the fetus she carried. He was sentenced to death 
by lethal injection. Holy shit, really? Really. Jurors stated in later press appearances, they felt Scott's demeanor, specifically his lack of emotion, and the phone calls to Amber days following Lacey's disappearance indicated his guilt. That does not what? seem like enough to indicate guilt. How does that indicate guilt? The fact that he like sat in the courtroom with like little emotion. Wow. Others said they based their verdict on hundreds of small puzzle pieces of circumstantial evidence that came out during the trial. Okay. Circumstantial evidence, yep. but okay. So I quickly wanted to go over a few other possible theories to what may have happened to Lacey. Okay. Hit us with it. That burglary I mentioned earlier that happened across the street from the Peterson's home. Well, there's actually a lot, a lot to it. And it never came up in court. Really? Because it was deemed as solved with the people in custody saying they did the burglary on the 26th rather than the 24th. And the police accepted this. Oh, they just accepted it? They're just like, okay. But really? if you remember, that's basically impossible. Yeah. Because on the 26th, the streets would have been lined with reporters. <sighs> right. So an incident of men stealing, what they stole was a safe from the house, would not have gone unnoticed. And there was an eyewitness that day on Christmas yeah. Eve. Which they're just like, nope. Also, when one of the cues was interviewed in regards to the burglary... Some of the first words out of the mouth, out of his mouth, were, I had nothing to do with the pregnant girl. It, what That wasn't even provoked. Really? That was not followed up on, rather just stated, we're not here to talk about the pregnant girl. I want to talk to you about the burglary. Um, what? As soon as they <laughs> they mentioned the pregnant girl, your, your question should have been, what pregnant girl? Yeah, like you should have switched some gears there and been like, what do you mean? Holy fuck. Okay. Like that's, doesn't that make you almost like get goosebumps a little? Uh, see, I, I already fucking knew this. I solved this case yeah, at, at the beginning. The beginning. <laughs> there was also mention of this burglary within prison on a phone call that ended up being taped. It was basically mentioned that Lacey confronted the men at the house and they threatened her. That tape was handed over to the Med Modesto police but at this time, guess what's missing? Oh, the fucking tape. The tape. I'm about to fucking rage quit this whole episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what the fuck? Like, it, it's just mind-blowing. Okay, this is another mind-blowing thing. So another really messed up theory is how many missing women there's been in the... Missing pregnant women, sorry, in the area. Apparently between 1999 and 2002, seven pregnant women have disappeared holy shit really three in modesto and four within 80 miles of modesto um that sounds like a fucking pattern like a serial killer or something yeah one victim evelyn hernandez she was found only six months prior to Lacey going missing she was only she was also eight months pregnant also washed up on the shore of the San Francisco Bay and was in relatively the same condition as Lacey was found in. The actual fuck. Maybe yeah. they could investigate that. 
instead of making all this shit fit Scott. Not to say that Scott's not a fucking complete D-bag. He is, clearly. However, I don't think he committed this crime. I know. I'm not certain that he did. I'm like 99 fucking percent. Okay. So I'm just going to say, if you wanted to dive into to more, I suggest there's a documentary that I watch. It's The Murder of Lacey Peterson. It's on Amazon Prime. Because there's even more mention in this documentary of these theories. I don't have this written down, but it was like on that same day that Lacey was, I don't know, kidnapped or disappeared. Another pregnant woman, woman almost got taken. Are you serious? Yes. Was that so, investigated? Not really. So it's, it's honestly like just, it's just beyond fucked. Who the fuck is in charge of this shit? I don't know. Is it like Officer Doofy from the movie <sighs> fucking like Scream or not Scream, um, Scary Movie? So. I wouldn't be surprised. Jeez. There's also the theory she was killed by a satanic cult as a sacrifice. So there's just like <laughs> so many theories. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that one, but apparently Modesto wasn't the quiet little town. Some thought it was. It was just an illusion. And I don't know if the cult needed pregnant people. Like, I don't know. But, like, go watch this documentary. Do we know if there was anything actually stolen from the neighbor's house, the break and enter? Yes. A safe, I think, was stolen. A safe. Yeah. Was that it? As far as I know, yeah. Okay. Huh. So, here's here's my theory. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So those people went on vacation the same day that the house was broken into. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I think an hour before it was pretty much. An hour. Before ap- it was broken into. They okay. left like an hour before the house was broken into. So these people, in my opinion, clearly had knowledge of these people leaving. Clearly had knowledge there, there was a safe in the house. So it was someone who'd at least been in the house. Someone who's been in the neighborhood. Someone who may have a history of kidnapping and taking pregnant women, who may have seen the neighbor across the street, who may have seen her walking a dog in a specific pattern, who may have thought, I can get a safe out of this house when they leave, and I can get a pregnant woman all in the same go. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what fucking happened. And then, like you say, learned on the news that, oh, so-and-so probably dumped the body when it was out in the bay fishing. Shit, that's exactly where I'm going to dump her. And so he did. However, he's got a fucking pregnant woman fetish. And he has some sort of fetish with the fetus. He takes the fetus out, mutilates her body, dumps her. I don't know what he does with the fetus, but he probably has a little more care with it because it's an unborn child. But he ends up dumping it too. Mm -hmm. And gets away fucking scot-free. I know. It'd actually be interesting to know if there's been any more disappearances or anything of pregnant women. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Okay, like, 
gosh, this documentary is just coming back in my head because there was even at some point someone had like cited a pregnant woman that looked like Lacey pee or like had stopped to pee or whatever or something outside a van. Oh, like on the side of a road? Yeah. Oh, shit. But then there's like, there was also this, these big problems that she was wearing. She, her body found washed up was wearing tan pants. But then like Scott had said that day, she was wearing black pants. So I don't know. But like, who knows? Maybe they had to change her pants or something yeah. for her. Like, I don't know. If, okay. So that back to that documentary, it's six episodes. So it's like a bit of a time commitment. But so if you don't have that much time, I would at least watch the last episode because it was so eye-opening and goes into so many details about theories and like what was potentially like missed and, and everything. I think so much was fucking missed in this case. It's, yeah. So Scott remains in prison. His death sentence was overturned due to jurors apparently being dismissed who opposed capital punishment. And... There is currently the possibility Scott could get a new trial. Okay. From my understanding, there is an, a pending juror misconduct issue that a judge is to rule on by the end of September of this year, 2022, whether Scott will be granted a new trial. I think he should. But in a new trial, that's there's major problems with new trials, though, because stuff that was used in previous trials can't be used again, can it? Oh, I don't think so. Anyways, I could be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure stuff that has been previously used in a trial cannot be used again. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, that could be good. Cause like, look at how many, like yeah. they could bring in the burglary. They could bring in the, all the eyewitnesses for the walk. However, what if there is stuff that was used in this previous trial that was important? What if Scott did do it? What if they bring in all the information and they do still find out that it was Scott? Yeah. I mean, even if one, if, if there was a problem like with one juror, there were still 11 other jurors that, you know, said yeah. this dude's guilty. Yeah. He is, he is um, entitled to 12 jurors. So I don't know if this goes back to court, that could be something super interesting. eh? Oh yeah. And my personal opinion from what we've discussed, I don't think Scott did it. I've already described my theory and I think that's exactly how it played out. It's got to be someone known to that family across the street, uh, whether very well known, someone who's been inside the house that I know, or maybe not even inside the house, but someone who knows them personally, mm-hmm. coworker or something like that. And they just so happen to be a fucking pregnant woman killer. That, that's what I think. Yeah. I I, I have a lot of trouble with such Lack of evidence. Yeah. Really being able to be like, yeah, he did it. And the overlooked evidence. The overlooked evidence is the problem with me. Mm-hmm. Um, making the shit fit their theory without trying to follow the evidence and find out where it leads. Because yeah. you miss shit that way. And his, so Scott's family is like very actively still trying to fight for his innocence. He still actively to this day says that he's innocent as well i mean i'm sure there are people in jail who've committed crimes who say that yeah the the serial killer in the cell (laughs) next to him yeah me too bud (laughs) right like (laughs) so i don't know but yeah it's 
it's it the media had I feel like made this very cut and dry and they even said like there was so many reports that put out that later were wrong or like articles that later were wrong but they never retract them right they just like move on to the next thing yeah it's like that with any case and any um any sort of news source that covers cases like this they will vilify someone until they find out they were wrong and they'll do that for views or or what ratings or whatever it is when they find out they're wrong they don't generally do an apology or retract it they just stop talking about it and move on to something else or if they do retract it where no one reads that it's probably in some tiny ass fine yeah. print somewhere in the magazine or whatever right exactly or if it is like on a tv bulletin where it's like the news anchor talking about it it'll probably be in the fucking bottom of the credits that scroll by at the end of the fucking show <laughs> or something like yeah shit because yeah. ratings money they don't want to be perceived as incorrect mm-hmm. but. so just really quickly I want to like thank everyone for their patience with my voice. <laughs> I feel like it did not bad. Yeah, you trooped through it. Good job. And then I'd also like I'll put a post on um, social tomorrow, but I'm like so curious to just know what other people think. Yeah. Where do you think uh, where do you think the whole thing lies? Is it in Scott or is it in someone else's mm-hmm. um, responsibility? Yeah. So, so let us know what you think. Yeah. And of course. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook. All the good social links are in the description below, including Patreon, where you Mm -hmm. can support us and get that extra episode uh, every month if you sign up for the all-access patron. Um, And, and. And there's more. Of course. Stay Stay wicked. Wicked.